Oh my gosh. Okay. Hey guys. Um, it's me, Hugo Solomon. And if you're still listening this far, you must have some interest in my life story and how I got to this point, but that's not really my concern. I found myself in a place I didn't expect to be, a place I didn't want to be. I look outside and I still see brightness and I see greenery and I see life and I see fall, a season I normally love, unfolding. But it feels like I'm in the wrong place to experience all of it. Just everything, it just feels wrong. Like the, the loneliness I feel right now belongs to somebody else. Belongs to a person that shouldn't exist. And you know, it's, it's, it would be, it'd be a strange thing to say I feel shameful for being here, but I do. I do feel shame right now. Not shame because of who I am, but shame of the circumstances I have in front of me. Which is such a weird thing to feel shame about, right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't control that. But it doesn't change how I feel now. Which is which is that feeling of wrongness and being cooped up like a penned chicken or whatnot. But what I do know is that this podcast helped me get to a place of awareness I did not have when I first started it. And it's helped me celebrate stories I knew needed to be out there in such a beautiful and transcendent way. And I don't want to stop doing that. And I never want to stop doing that. And though it's been so hard between my mental health and some physical health things and just anxiety. <sighs> oh, I know this is something I need to do. And I know this is something that deserves to be made because I feel it and it's real. And so I'm, I'm, I'm truthfully, I am very glad that you're here with me because it's better than me just being here alone. So I, I have a, an interview I did a little bit back with my, with my friend Delaney. Um, she is such an incredible human. She is just beautiful and artistic and like <laughs> full of herself in the best possible way. Like she's full of herself and that like she embodies who she is and she doesn't care who sees because that is just not something that like that care is not something that affects her. You know, I, I think that you meet people for a reason. And I think I met Delaney for a reason too. Um, she helped me figure out what I wanted to do. I think at a point where I was very aimless and I was very unsure of myself. And she gave me some direction. And I, I don't think it matters necessarily how you come across those people, but those lessons that you know to be 
resonating and forceful. You know, believe their truth, don't believe the circumstance. Or just ignore the circumstance altogether. And so I, I could not be more grateful that I got to meet her and I got to have some terrific conversations, both when I met her in LA and more recently in this episode for you. And I hope that um, you'll be able to absorb some sort of wisdom from her words <laughs> the way I did. Um, okay, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest for today, um, Delaney Delfonte. Um, she's a artist, creative, um, transcendent human with profound thoughts on relationships, abuse, death, life, sex, and art. And I could not be more glad that I got to have this interview with her. So here we go. Hi, uh, it's Lainey. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Hugo. I'm so excited. Um, so to introduce yourself uh, to the listeners, would you like to give um, your full name, age, uh, location, and space and time, and how you know me? Yeah. Um, my name is Delaney Del Ponte. I'm 26. I live in uh, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills in particular, and uh, you know, n- didn't get the 90210 area code. Yeah. A little bitter about that. 90212. Right. Oh, that's so close. Um, I know. And then um, I met you through my wonderful roommate, Shane. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was, we, we met in the middle of the pandemic and just honestly uh, connected and you're such like a incredible spirit and person. Oh. I felt there were so many sort of parallels in our lives. It was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, the, the first thing that like really drew me to you was your photography because like oh. that, at, like it was a really big part of my life, but like seeing that sort of be both your professional career and also like a huge part of your personal life was just really affecting to me because I never really believed that that was something you could do feasibly today as like an actual Aww. profession. Oh, thank you. I, that means so much to me. Honestly, yeah. when I saw your work, I like was so reminded of like when I was starting out and you have such a good, like, creative first of all you're extremely creative and your your vision and you're like the way you line up everything in your pictures you just you have like an eye which is and like as you develop that as you get older, mm-hmm. there is no doubt in my mind that you will be doing it professionally um and the also the passion I saw with you like it was amazing every like 10 minutes you would pull out your camera and be like okay <laughs> pick, pose here do this picture picture yeah like ah oh. I was like look at this young, ugh, blossoming. I love it. Aww. It's incredible. So that, yeah. was, that was really cool to, to see, you know? And I can tell you're really passionate about it. And you have talent and drive and passion. And that combined is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that, like, ever, ever since we got to talk about photography and sort of my story about where my art came from, um, it's only become more meaningful to me. And I've been able to see that in the in the in the more recent work I've been able to produce. I I can tell absolutely. It's it's very intimate. It feels very genuine. Yeah. Um. Not saying your other stuff wasn't genuine because it absolutely was. Um, yeah. But you're just you're getting so much more of like a voice now. 
And I, I really, totally agree. Yeah. I see, I see it so much in your, in your imagery. So like, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could flatter me all day and I would absolutely love that. <laughs> but um, would you like to talk a little bit about like your background with photography, like how you came to that or literally just your background in your life? Sure. Either or. Um, I mean, I've always been drawn to photography uh, from mm-hmm. a young age. I was I was like always very visual. Um, yeah. but, but for me, it was never like I, I this is going to sound a little jaded, but I, I like nice things. And <laughs> I, uh, I always had this idea of like the starving artist. Right. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, one day I really hope, you know, to be a photographer and like have a studio in my backyard and like shooting for Vogue that'd be so cool right Um, it it was always kind of like something that I would do for fun and passion but never really thought of as a career Mm -hmm. um and then I started getting involved I I went to school actually to become a director um realized I was really bad at directing (laughs) (laughs) I was not great and I was like oh no oh no um, I could not, I could not command a set. It was not my, my thing. Um, yeah. I ended up getting involved in an app. Um, that was super cool. So kind of stopped directing for a while and then did the app for a little bit. Um, and that was just an incredible, amazing experience. It was a fashion. And I learned really just like how to, um, like I really saw how they ran a company. Mm. Um, and there was like that point where I was like, I really miss photography like I actually really miss it and so one day I like sat down and was like what do I really like like doing Mm. and yeah and I wrote down a list and it was stupid it was like I like what do I like you know it was like chocolate you know old movies and then it was like photography and so I was like how can I monetize something that I like enjoy doing absolutely Um, yeah and one of them happened to photography and I was like you know what I'm young this Mm. is the time to start doing it um and my personal and professional work is very different. Um, so I kind of was like, I think if I start a production company, maybe I won't won't be a starving artist. And, and turns out I'm actually doing okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I found this way to kind of like marry something that I really love and also money. Um, there we go. Yes. Yep. Correct. It works for me. Yes. So I, I, yeah. I, I just... I'm so blessed. Like if I went back to like little Delaney when she was 16 and was like, Hey, do you know, but when you're 26, you're going to be have you have your own production company and you're going to be a professional photographer. I would have been like, no way Mm-mm. you're lying. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of like my background with photography. I'm like, I'm not sure. I think we talked a little bit about some photographers that like inspire me personally. Like I really like Maplethorpe. I, I, I mean, me as well. Yeah. He's like my personal hero. <laughs> Same. Absolutely same. Actually, have you read Just Kids by Patti Smith? Yeah, that's the one I shared. Yes, yes. I actually, okay. I I just finished it the other day, and Jesus, I was I was just so struck by, mm-hmm. like, the beauty of Patti's writing and just oh. the way that her, plo- her, her prose flows, yeah. um, as well as just the kind of, like, incredible nature of their relationship just incredible just yeah. the way they were totally meant to be together mm-hmm. like as artists and they they met each other before they were you know arguably uh, you know famous right right and, uh, and they just grew together Ugh, it's just beautiful and mm-hmm. like that Maplethorpe I've just I've been obsessed with him I remember the first time I went to an exhibit where he was 
being like his work was being shown mm-hmm. and they card you at the door and wow. I was like, why are they carding me and my mom was like well just wait till you see his images and I was just like awestruck you know and you have these like this amazing juxtaposition between like the foot and then like you know him fisting himself with a whip yeah um, and you're just like whoa whoa this is this is weird but also interesting and it was just a very unique experience something I mean, that really yeah really stayed with me for a while absolutely i i think the the first time i i found out about him was um a couple of years ago um when my photography teacher uh in um 12th grade was just like showing me all sort of artists that my work reminded him of mm-hmm. because the teacher i had beforehand just really she was more craft driven than like teaching the canon of like modern um, and um, like just contemporary photography. Yes. Makes sense. Um, whereas like the new photography teacher had like just come from art school and mm-hmm. was just completely fresh on his mind. Mm-hmm. So he, he showed me Maplethorpe's work and I was like, like, yeah, this is it. This is it. <laughs> like this is, this is the point of why someone would do photography and it, and it wasn't just because I, like, found communion with, like, the diversity of, of, of sexual images he, he put out that was just so similar to, like, what I saw in my dreams. But, like, yeah. at the same time, it, 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 it was so much about him, you know? And it wasn't, it wasn't, like, let me take somebody else's beauty and, like, use that as my own success. It was how can I convey the intricacies of my mind? with yeah. in, in, in such an idiosyncratic and like tangible and immediate way and i'm yeah. oh, sorry okay bob no sorry my little cat <laughs> um he's a sweetheart oh. but he's very he's very needy. um oh. and, and and yeah and that in that 100 struck with me i mean the 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 fact that they were graphic i think is the most surprising aspect to people and they're like well this this is this is pornography this isn't art You know, like, how can this be art if it's something so explicit or sexual? Mm -hmm. And and I think if you even pry into that a little bit, you start to ask, why are things that are sexual not meant to be art? Would you would you question even for a second that David, the statue, no, is is pornography? It's it's one of the most like famous pieces of art in history, right? No one questions that. Whereas, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was gonna say, um. Whereas people will see Maplethorpe's work and they'll say, well, this is a depiction of BDSM or this is a depiction of like an extreme sex act. Therefore, it cannot be art. Yeah. But then you see that juxtaposed, as you said, to like a lily. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, his lily. And you're like, which one's art? Yeah. They're made yeah. in the same way. They're made by the same person. They're made with the same camera. Why is like it forces you to question those biases that you have. I absolutely, I could not agree more. Um, actually really interesting. So uh, I, when I was in college, I actually minored in art history. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that really fascinated me was actually a lot of uh, Renaissance pieces that we considered like that are in museums that are timeless, you know, classics. Like one of them is like the Venus of Urbino by Titian. It was actually a painting of a prostitute and it was pornography, but now mm. it's hanging in the Louvre. And it's like, how come 
at that time. But that you know, then what they do is over time they change it instead of a prostitute, make it you know Venus, the goddess of love, right? Right, right. And and so they they change the narrative. Um, mm. And it's like, is that going to happen in in a couple hundred years with Maplethorpe's work? You know. Oh. Um, are we going to view it differently? Like, oh, photography back when that was, you know, such a, such a beautiful art form. Um, so I find that really interesting as well. But yeah, I, I think everything that you said was just very on point. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is something I think about because more recent, I mean, this is something I've always wanted to do, but mm-hmm. haven't really been able to do myself. So like, while I was at boarding school and I did uh, the narcissist project that I showed you. It was the one with the, the girl in the red sunset. Yes. Um, with the red pants. Um, something my, my, my teacher told me afterwards was like, there's a very strong sense of nudity in all of your pictures. Like that's mm-hmm. like one of the, the sort of mo- motifs that I see here. And it wasn't even something I did intentionally, but it was, it was just sort of the natural conclusion of where my stuff was going and I was in high school and the people I photographed were 14 to 18 so um that wasn't really an option uh (laughs) even though everybody signed model release forms I promise you um (laughs) but uh that wasn't really an option so now that I've been on my own and I have my camera supplies and I got a flash and a tripod and all these fancy things, I can actually start to do that, which I've always been trying to do in other people, but with myself. Oh, so um, that's the thing. There's and, you. Yeah. Cause I, what I, what that, that's, that's what like I really found community with um, in, in just kids was, was hearing it how like, Maplethorpe inserted like was as much a participant in his pictures as like the observer yep absolutely and I I really agree with that like I don't think it's possible I mean I mean of course you can but I think it is it is so much more difficult to photograph strangers than people you have like a really deep connection with Mm -hmm. because that relationship is the photograph in a way Uh, yeah um and so like when Maplethorpe like depicts these sexual acts or depicts himself participating in these sexual acts, like that is him understanding himself. Like mm-hmm. that is what the picture is. Yeah, absolutely. And especially as you know, when you read his like journey through his sexuality. Exactly, you, exactly. So I think you really see that with his images. You, you really see his journey and you see him come to terms with like himself and, and his his kinks and, and it's amazing. I'm yeah. incredible. Did, did you want to give a summary of that if, if you remembered? I read it so long ago. I don't fully remember. I remember bits and pieces. I remember that I remember he, he, he started getting involved in like pornography, like really as like an artist, like looking at making collages. Right. Right. And then he started engaging in more. He started, I mean, I remember him lovers at one point Mm -hmm. and then started engaging more in like, he had a partner. Uh, I actually have, a, I ripped out two of the pages from Just Kids and have them framed in my um my living room. Where That's it's so where, good. Yeah, it's where he's the first time he tells Patty like his pain as like an artist and as like a, a lover, and he's like, I have to be with this other person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just this is who I am, and she's like, I could feel his pain and how hard it was for him to come to terms with his sexuality, like in that in this moment, and how hard it was for him. And I knew that we would be bound forever after this even though he was having, mm. like i'm you know yeah 
And I just, there was something so beautiful in that for me. I just remember being so moved by it. I just ripped the pages out. And whoever has that yeah. copy of the book is missing those two pages. <laughs> All of her writing should be framed. Oh, <laughs> she's incredible. It's, yeah. It's incredible. I, I just, I, I love her work, so. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to reread it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I. Because I, I read it like two and a half years ago. Yeah, she just. And she she just released a new book like I, a couple days ago. I read the most recent one. What was it like the monkey one? Yeah, yeah. I read that one. It was pretty good. Yeah, uh, but just like just kids was like it. I happened to pick it up a couple years ago, mm-hmm. right when I was starting to um to like really get back into reading. And I just I, like it happened to be about Maplethorpe, who was my yeah. photographer. There's so many. It was right when I was starting my company as well. So I was like, wow, it's like oh. meant to be like, you know, and I was really coming into my own at that, at that, mm-hmm. at that point in my life too. So I was like, wow, I just felt this like strange connection with the, with the book. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's so interesting that we brought him up this, this morning. Um, I was feeling, I don't know, more poetic than normal. And I had to do this, oh. this bio, um, this, this biology uh, introduction sheet. And one of them was like, who is your hero and why? And I and I and I wrote Maplethorpe because he saw the world as it was. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, the 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 TA is gonna be so confused when he sees this. But like oh. I, I I I was like I needed I needed to write this for my yeah. poetic spirit. For your I understand. It's so fun. Okay, so funny because when I was in college and one one of my art history classes, my teacher made us go around. Everyone say like their favorite piece of 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 art you know and everyone's right. going around everyone's like oh like with the water lilies monet like you know the david and she gets me and i was like a man in the polyester suit by maple thorpe and she was like oh, oh we, you're one of those okay great and 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 for those of you who don't know uh the man in the polyester suit is a is a portrait of a man from the torso to about like just um beyond the waist of a man with just a massive penis <laughs> And it's coming it's a, out of a polyester suit. It is. And it's a beautiful picture. It, it's absolutely beautiful. It's really gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Um, yeah, no, I've always I've always been drawn to that that piece in particular of his. So and, yeah. Well so like what 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 do you think it was that that brought you um to that picture? Or like what is it that brought you to like this kind of art? Um, I think like you mean stuff that tends to veer on the, like that is more sexual or, um, I think from a very young age, I was always drawn to that. Um, I always, like sexuality always really fascinated me. Mm. Um, it was always something I wanted to talk about. I wanted to participate in. I just found it one of the most interesting parts of like the world. And then the fact that you could make people feel things with pictures was just like, I, I don't know. It was this incredible sort of like marriage for me. And mm. I, I just remember, I remember actually, it's funny because you said that your teacher said you work with like Maplethorpe. I actually, when I was younger, I was taking pictures and my, I got my teacher's like, your work looks like Terry Richardson. And huh. I was 
like really obsessed at the time when I was like 16 I would shoot in front of like white walls I, it was very like with a hard flash so um, good so it. good oh I love it it was very sexual like there was that's always undertones like it was very like I remember like we had to turn in self-portraits and mm -hmm. I did myself with a hard flash and I was licking a shoe like a heel of a shoe that's so and Delaney that's excellent oh my teachers my teacher I was so lucky that I had a teacher who really encouraged it and was yeah. like oh my god this is awesome this is so you you know um and uh it was funny though because I actually got made fun of I remember I was the only one who really kind of did images that were very sexual and kind of out there and maybe a little mm. macabre also I really like uh, I really like kind of dark imagery as well and yeah. so I remember we would have these anonymous forms that you would go around and everyone would write comments on people's pictures. Like you pull your picture up on a screen. Right. And then everyone mm -hmm. would like write out like, Oh, this is cool. Maybe try editing this way. Or, Oh, this is like, you know, blah, blah. blah. People would just write the meanest things on my photos. Oh. You're like, you're weird. This is weird. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just remember it's just so horrible thinking. I was like, well, all of your guys's work is fucking boring. Excuse my language. <laughs> like the fact that it's memorable yeah exactly i was like i was like you guys are you're 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 i'm causing a reaction why yeah why are you guys so averse to seeing something that's a little sexualized or a little you know what i mean why is that making yeah. comfortable but i you're, like doing that. i like shocking people and i think maplethorpe like shocking people as well you know it's a lot like he was very much about about that at some point and then like i i like i don't know i was always drawn to things that were just like overly sexual and then like also too with um with like film mm. I really loved like I don't film but like I will never forget watching Clockwork Orange when I was like 12 should not have been allowed to watch that I feel like and that might have been a little young little young little young to be watching that I found it on tv like I had found it oh somehow. maybe I was 13 12 or 13 I remember being like eighth seventh or eighth grade and just being like Jesus. whoa this is intense. Mm. This is weird. Why do I like this? You know, and then yeah. I kind of like, I like, and then a, a lot of that, but yeah, I don't know. I just always was someone who was very, I'm, and I'm very open sexually too, as you know, mm -hmm. and that's things that we, we talked about when you were here. Right. I try and encourage like all my friends, you know, to, to, to be open sexually. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know from a very, very young age, it was, it always interested me. Mm. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I totally feel that. And I think while I was kind of exploring this curiosity of the things that were sexual, I was sort of met with the closed door compartmentalization approach of ah. my mom's family, which is my, my mom's family is French Catholic. And oh, okay. more than being French Catholic, they're extremely asexual. They, they, they oh, okay. sexuality is never discussed. It is never okay. admitted. No one okay. watches porn. Of course not. Okay. Everybody <laughs> watches porn. Everyone watches porn. If you're not watching porn, go watch some porn. <laughs> go, watch, go watch some porn. Um, and so my, my, I, I, like, everybody watches porn. I'm very cool with that. I watch porn. But anyways, it is not something that would ever be discussed in that kind of environment. Yeah. And, like, if, if like sex toys are not admit like no one acknowledges mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. their sex toys exist 
And if they do, it is under, like, the strictest of confidences and, like, the most drunk states, right? There are certain things that we keep inside in this family, and there are certain things that we don't talk about. Yeah. Like, for example, um, I couldn't tell my mom that I was on my way to a guy's house to hook up with him because she would berate me like why do you have to do this like really Mm -hmm. right now like Mm -hmm. why can't you just wait another time like why can't they come here you know or like you're too young like don't like don't go off and do something gross like it was never explore right it was that is the furthest thing I was ever told (laughs) and so what's and 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 so what's easier than that is to say oh I'm going to a friend's house Okay, so you then, created this like shame and kind of secrecy around it. Abs- it's it's so funny because I created that in response to shame and secrecy. It's it's in response. Obviously, if okay. you were in a household where it was like open, you wouldn't have that. You know? And, yeah, and it yeah. frustrated me so much because it made me feel like like I was a bad person for doing these things that were so human and felt so right and yeah. felt so good, mm-hmm. and I was being told I cannot have that and be a good person. And I think I, I think what was really inspiring to me about reading about Maplethorpe is that he saw himself as the devil for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I mean it was easier to think of myself as as a devil than like deny my like my urges, I guess. Yeah. Um, because I, I I couldn't I couldn't like have a healthy romantic life and like a healthy home life. Those things were just mutually exclusive yep yeah and do you still feel that way like in the future or right now or Mm, i i'd say i give 20 times less fucks okay um because i i think i i I trust what my body tells me now more than what my family tells me about what is right and what is wrong yeah and i think it was it was conversations with like lovers and and people like you delaney who show me that not only is sexuality a part of the enlightened or like life that is lived in balance but it is almost impossible to have that conversation without sexuality being a part of it you know of course and like meanwhile here you are like living this incredible life and also just fully in tune with what you like and and you have no shame about it and uh, and, and and when you're just talking, I, I was both taken aback and also like, like, why am I being taken aback? Like, this is who I like, this is what I want to like, be, you know? Thank so you. it was it was just a really real way of seeing like, I appreciate th- these that. are the biases I was taught. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that. It definitely took I will say and I think we did touch on this when when we spoke. Um, back a couple months ago but it really it took a while you know to to come into come into that and really be be okay with and knowing what I want um mm. and knowing especially what I I want sexually and not being afraid but there were so many people and like experiences along the way that like really helped me grow where I was like yeah why am I wasting my time doing things I don't want to do in bed you yeah. know do you, do you have any any particular stories you'd like to bring up um I just like there are so many um i can't i i don't know i'll i'll, th- I'll think on it there's sure. there's been a there's been a lot of situations where i realized from a young age that i was really i really liked bdsm mm-hmm. i liked the aspect of control i liked the aspect of giving up control 
And it always really intrigued me. I just wanted, I'm a very curious person. I want to know about everyone. I want to know about myself. I want to know about my partners. Um, But I always kind of was like, you know, let's make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I don't want to do it, do it too early and then get bored and kind of deny myself, Mm. whatever. I remember I had this one partner who just was like, why are you like, you know, you like this, enjoy it. If someone else doesn't like it, then, then, you know, they're, you're not compatible. Why hide it? There is no shame in it at Mm. all. Everyone, you know, and like most, I would say most of my partners that I'm with, they all have these like kinks and and fetishes and stuff. And and I'm like, yeah, I'm a safe space for this. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel judged or, or, um, in any way possible because I will never do that because I'm very comfortable in like my own skin. I know what I want. I'm not afraid. And if someone, someone makes me feel, and I've had partners that have said like, ew, gross. Why would you want to do that? You know? Mm. And you can take that and be like, oh no, I'm icky and gross. And I have these weird thoughts and whatever. Or you can be like, okay, that's fine. You just don't understand this. And and that's okay. You know? And I don't ever take it as like anything personal, mm-hmm. but it did take, take a while to get there. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think a lot of it just came from like, why deny yourself happiness? Right. And then as long as you can be practicing that stuff in like a healthy manner, I think that's really important as well. Yeah. And I, I think something we also touched up on, which was just revolutionary. And the way I thought about sexuality was that not only can you do it in a healthy way, but or, or should you do it in a healthy way, but it can be a, a healthy process in and yeah. of itself to yeah. pursue those kinks and fetishes in, in terms of like acceptance and yeah. finding people that can accept you and have you accept them. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I think it came from, for me, it really came from a place of having shut up all of those things in this super small little box. And mm-hmm. I was just filling it up with more and more things and Mm-hmm. Um, um, just like fantasies and mm-hmm. thoughts about boys and sex toys <laughs> and like yeah. weird, crazy porn at 2 a.m., right? Yeah. You know? And, and at some point, the box just fucking exploded. And I realized I yeah. can't keep this in anymore and, yeah. and still be happy. And yeah. actually, the process of keeping it in is making me sad. It and is. And I had my sisters who are very forward-thinking people in some ways say, you know, like, no one wants to see that. Or, like, I don't want to mm. think of you as a sexual person. Yeah. Or, like, you're my like you're my brother. Like, I don't have to think about you like this. Or, like, yeah. you know, it's like, I didn't want to have to think about you sexually either until I walked in on you and your boyfriend having sex two times when I needed $5. Right? Like, <laughs> like we, that ship has sailed, sister. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- that ship sailed before we had this conversation. Like, mm-hmm. we are sexual people. Yeah. And telling and, and pretending like we're not is denying each other of like the ability to embrace that part of us. You know? So I, ah, I, oh, just like, no, I, 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 no, I'm, I'm really proud of you though for that, because I do think, I think that there are a lot of people in like that, this kind of like community that it's a very shameful thing. And it kind of, it becomes like, I think I use the analogy. It's almost like an alcoholic at a bar, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you have a glass of wine, then you want more and more. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, drinking whiskey and you're drinking moonshine, kind of like leveling up because you're not able to express it. So when you get a little bit of it, you want more, 
right? Oh. So like, let's say you kind of find a partner that, that likes it and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I actually feel really fulfilled. This is incredible. You know, unlike the other experiences I've been having and you just, you just want more. You're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And there was a point for me where I was like, oh, this is like, like that box and that kind of explosion. And I was like, oh, this isn't healthy, but I, I want it to be healthy. And the second I kind of flipped that narrative and I was like, it's okay to have these, these kinks and these like fetishes and stuff. And like, that's okay. And I can do it in like a healthy way. It just like, I felt so much more at peace. I, I am so open talking about it with friends and, and family, not really family. I do say though, um, I think you're allowed to not be sexual around your family you yeah. can be. Your family shouldn't shame you, but like, I don't disclose all of my. I don't think you need comments. to either. You don't. No, no, absolutely not. Um, so there's like the boundary. My parents are aware. They're like, you know, they're like, okay, she's she's got she's got some some things going on. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just it's always been something that I've been drawn to. And yeah, once I once I figured out like I can explore this in a way that really makes me feel so fulfilled. And usually if you're with a partner who understands it and is interested in it, then, then you, you, there's just nothing else like it, you know, mm-hmm. um, as, as you know. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it is it, incredible. It really be like a catalyst for change as well. Like these experiences can really help you grow as a person. Um, and I don't want to be 45 and just starting to be looking into things that I like in bed, you know? Yeah. That, I, I mean, him. that would be yeah. depressing as shit, but it's a lot of people live like that. A yeah. lot of people live like that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just been an, it's been an interesting journey and it's definitely something that has defined me for like a while. I'm jokingly with Samantha of my friend group. Um, but it's oh yeah like but i i think also too i also have this again this my, another joke my friend like delaney it's like you have an invisible sign on your head that's like are you into weird things delaney like, <laughs> and um I, and i'm like no i i don't have an invisible sign i'm just comfortable with myself and i think when you're comfortable with yourself in bed your partner will mirror that and go oh oh you're you're okay with there's no shame in this yeah. at all all these absolutely weird, you know and then they go they feel liberated and they feel free and you feel liberated i've you seen know? yeah i've seen different sides of people absolutely after i have done um like more kinky or um like fetishized sex yeah and it is it is it is like a switch oh yeah you know like someone before who is just like okay bob come on um who's just like <laughs> only like pretty masculine aggressive whatnot started mm-hmm. talking about like his love of cats and was sending me pictures of him and his like oh. dad's cat and shit and i was like this is not the you that i was talking to before this yep or like i mean that's a that's a poor example but just like people no, like no. That understand like that they can be more sensitive or like they don't have to have shame about these things you said yeah. you know vulnerability like belies vulnerability or like reciprocates vulnerability yeah um, no a- absolutely and I, I i think that definitely applies in a in a sexual context but, yeah um i think i mean what what you said um about the the connection i think you were talking to your therapist um and and, and you explained how um uh how 
some some aspects of somebody's uh, sexuality um, mm. has a direct relationship to their trauma Absolutely. or their deep seated insecurities. Like I realized mm. I had daddy issues before I realized <laughs> I had a, like an absent father. Yeah. Absolutely. No, um, that was one thing that actually struck me when my with with my therapist, that was one of actually one of the reasons I started going to therapies, I realized I was like, huh, you know, I want to I want to be this is something that really defines me. But I don't want to lose it. But I know there are aspects of the things that I enjoy that are related to some pretty heavy trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. So I told her that and I was like, it's hard because I know like why I like certain things like I'm very open about talking about this, but I was raped and, um, Mm -hmm. I have like, I like rape fantasy, but so it's, and I think it's very important. I'm not a victim. Like it happened to me and it's obviously horrible, but like I can control that narrative myself. You know, I don't ever want someone being like, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. I grew from it. I learned from it. And I think it's important to talk about and be vocal about and say there's no shame around it because I want other victims to also feel that way, you know, Um, like they shouldn't feel uncomfortable. But anyways, I kind of internalized that and I had some other, some other fantasies, by the way, totally normal fantasy. And um, I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, look, I'm not trying to tell you to stop doing it. You just, you can still do it and recognize where it comes from and enjoy it and do it in a healthy manner. And the second, cause it would, every time I'd be like, oh, darn it. Like, I know why I like certain things, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it, that switch for me of like, okay, a lot of my kinks and or fetishes can be related to trauma, but that doesn't mean they define me, mm-hmm. you know? And I can still enjoy it. And now I, I, I'm saying that I'm taking control and I'm, I'm enjoying that, you know? Um, it's, it was an incredible, incredible switch for me where I was able to just kind of be like, huh, it's okay, you know? Um, and yeah, it was just, it's a, it's a great experience. I love therapy. Therapy's fabulous. Highly recommend Absolutely. it to, to yeah. everyone. But um, yeah, it's hard because you didn't, I didn't want to lose that aspect of myself. You know, I was yeah. like, I want to deal with trauma. And I recognize that I have, I like, literally it was kind of like I was doing these things. I knew that I had issues <laughs> with my situation before I even started talking about it because it was manifesting in this other way, right? Mm. What what was what were some of the ways that those traumas were manifesting before you were able to like get ahead of it in a way through the therapy? Like were there yeah. any like concerning patterns you had that gave you pause or like made you worried? Um, of course. I mean, I think there were a variety of mm-hmm. um situations where I was like, okay, this is getting a little unsafe. Um and uh I recognized that. I was like, okay, like I, I need to kind of remove myself from that situation. I was very open about talking to like my friends about it where I was like, ooh. And I was starting to notice that I was, I would tend to, 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 to be drawn to things that were a bit more, I was a bit more aggressive. And as yeah. that got to a point where I was like, huh, you know, there's something I'm not dealing with. Um, and it's interesting because now that I had dealt with a lot of the things that were causing me some, some issues, I still like the same things, but I I don't have this, like, it doesn't, how do I explain it? It doesn't fulfill me and then leave me empty afterwards. It just fulfills me. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, the, the, the emptiness is something I really talked about um, in the third episode of the first season of the show. 
Um, I, it was an, an episode I called The Deepest Love. And mm-hmm. it was a reflection on a conversation I had with my friend Anna in which um, two summers ago, Anna and I found that both of us were just pursuing men at a nauseating pace yes. in order to fill the holes left by other men. Yeah. And we were so emotionally and physically exhausted. We had no idea what to do. Yeah. When in reality, the answer was to like ditch the men and just be friends <laughs> and have that just be it. Yeah. Like, you know, that's like, that was the answer. Yet, meanwhile, we were just pursuing these relationships with abandon. Um, oh, yeah, of course. And I mean, at like it, the highs were so great. It's like, oh my God, finally I found someone great and he's so nice and he's so handsome and like he holds me and he mm-hmm. touches me in all the right ways and he's mm-hmm. willing to do this kinky shit. But like, oh, he communicates badly. <laughs> and um, I feel way too strongly and I've only fucked him once. Like, what's going on with me? Right. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, and so it, it left these deeper and deeper holes in their wake. And That's... it took me so long to sort of dig out of that to a healthy relationship with sex. And it, and it, and it, mm-hmm. and the first part of that was acknowledging why it was that I was trying to pursue sex in this way for, yeah. for so long. Um, which honestly was the like kind of the key to unlocking some of the more intense and deep seated issues in my life. So, I mean, yeah, I I mean, I really see my sexuality as like the key I use to understand myself. And I think universally queerness is just such a symbol of change and and, like Mm -hmm. diversity and overcoming obstacles. So I, I don't know, just things I feel strongly and I'm very proud of. I'm, I'm very proud of you. I think that's amazing. Um, quickly, though, when you were saying you were pursuing these men with, like, because, like, yeah. first almost. That, that, that goes yeah. back to kind of, like, that wine analogy that I was I was kind of saying. Oh. Me personally, it was a similar experience where it would be, like, I would go out. I would, it was, like, having a glass of wine. I would, I would pick someone up. It'd be great. It would fill the hole for a second. And right. And all of a sudden, I want another one. And then I want another one. Now it needs to be this. It needs to be that. And it was just to the point where I was exhausted. There was a moment mm-hmm. where I was like, I was balancing so many different men that I literally broke down and started crying because I was like, there's too many pe- I'm overwhelmed. There's too many people right now. Why did yeah. I do this? What is this? How is this, you know, fulfilling me in any way? And it wasn't. Mm-mm. Um, and I was just like, I don't even like any of them. Like, well, it was horrible. Um, and I kind of was like, and I still am a little guilty of that too, you know, but it's all, all a learning process. But you kind of like, sure. you're trying to, again, you're trying to, there's something missing, right? Mm-hmm. And you, and especially too, because you are queer, like your relationship with sex is so different, you know, mm-hmm. than most people. Um, just from a young age, you know, you're taught something completely different. Yeah. Or, or, or or I was gonna say like, not only are you taught something different, but you're just not taught anything. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're not taught anything. How are you supposed to learn literally how to have sex? Yeah. Um, the answer was porn for me. Um, and grinder that, that was where that's, that's, that's how I learned how to have sex. Um, because I mean, in school, I was I like there there the only thing I got from school were like sleepovers with um like other kids like other guys in my grade were like mm-hmm. one of them would like send you a link to something called Meat mm-hmm. Spin and then like giggle <laughs> and it's like 
a dick spinning around in a circle and there's a counter at the top and it's like how many can you watch without Mm -hmm. like throwing up or something right oh my god yeah like like that's that's and i the thing is i was turned on by that and i did not i was like is this the right or wrong like what like (laughs) yeah you're being told something that you're attracted to they're like let's do this until we throw up like look at that uh, look at that relationship right there between you know that's yeah or or like the aggressive uh heteronormativity of the all-male sports team in high school Uh, um with kids from all sorts of different high schools and um a a way for them to kind of find commonality was just this shared dialogue of um pretty blatant um homophobia um a couple kids in particular were really liberal with the word faggot um throughout uh throughout throughout this the first years of high school um at my old crew team and um it really it really culminated with um at the bob jesus christ he 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 just comes back every 30 seconds um it, it really culminated with this kind of this moment where at the um the last uh the very last uh regatta of the season yeah um there were some guys that were going to take a group picture and this and this boy named Bryce who had just been terrible the entire year on that front got up in front of everybody and said um you know we're going to take a picture like you fags better stay out of that uh you better stay out of the 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 angle and i got up to him and in front of everybody I said, Bryce, I don't know if you know this, but I'm gay. And every time you say the word faggot, it cuts me like a fucking knife. So I need you to shut up. Good for right you. Now. And and he was and he was speechless. He was speechless. He had no idea what to say. And at that point, I'd already come out to a decent amount of people. So it wasn't it wasn't like a coming out moment. Yeah. But it was it was such a like, how is this something that still exists? I, and I, you know, why is does it have to be me? Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're saying, you're saying that I literally am like, I didn't even know stuff like that. I mean, I know it still happens. Obviously, don't get me wrong. I see yeah. homophobia all the time. But I, I I think because I'm in Los Angeles and I'm around people that are pretty liberal, right. I am like, well, I never experienced that growing up, you know, like, I, that's wild to me. Um, and I'm so sorry yeah. to experience that. But I think it's so important that you spoke up. Um and it's just a, it's really sad that that's still happening. And yeah. and it shouldn't it shouldn't take you being gay for him to change his, the way he's he's you know interacting with other people. You yeah. know. But but so. a, a, a bright side of that conversation was that I wrote my first creative essay from that um, conversation in in tenth grade, and put that essay as the main one on my application to Andover. So, uh, see, you know what? You can find light in yeah in, in the dark, you know. And I, I love yeah. that. I love that you took yeah. that experience and you you made it your your essay. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's. I think my favorite part about being an artist and a writer is like I can take any situation and make it into something pretty. I guess absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's a, that's the fun part about yeah being an artist. Yeah, so much fun. Um. I was gonna say something else, but <laughs> I got I got I got distracted by the like the emotional no like, no residue of that we story. Just, we were just talking about like growing up, and I think I can't remember if it was right. the shame involved or mm. like 
being able to talk about like sexuality oh like your relationship with sex and oh yes okay yes I remember this and uh for me in particular my relationship as like a woman it's also very right you know right right we're we're not taught and I'm very open about this talk to like everyone about it no one's none of your girlfriends talk about masturbating no one talks about sex no one talks about like if they have sex with a guy if they actually orgasm you know, yeah. it's, it's like, I have, I know a lot of people that like, you know, they're in their mid twenties and they've still haven't had an orgasm as a woman. What? Oh yeah. Are I, you, are you, are I'm you, not joking. You're ju- oh it's insane. It's, in, like, it's insane. How much, and how then do they I function? Have, how? I don't, I don't know. Oh I, my God. Um, but it's just something that well, like always really baffled me. Uh, when I was younger I, and like, oh, no one talks. I have not talked to any of my girlfriends about what porn they watch. Not one person has been like, hey, check this out. Or, hey, you know what I mean? And wow. Uh, and like, it just doesn't exist with, it does obviously exist with women, but no one's talking about it. And it's just like something that I re- always try and really, really like be like yeah so do that like i have this one book actually called the boudoir bible um by bethany vernon she's incredible mm-hmm. and i actually gave it to one of my girlfriends yesterday because i was <laughs> like i was like dude you just you gotta read it like it's it's fabulous um and she really she's just bethany vernon is amazing if you don't know her look her up she's fabulous mm-hmm. um but i just like i was like i didn't know and like even when i was younger like when I was, you know, having sex, I would look at porn, right? Mm-hmm. This is how I'm supposed to, to have sex, right? And this is how I'm supposed to act. And it's so unhealthy. Um, yep. For, for men and women, obviously. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it, these expectations are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it just, it always bothered me because I was like, do you expect me to act like that? Like, I'm not going to act like I also can't, I'm not going to do these things. And it was, it was really, um, and there's like, there's nowhere that talks about like, as a, again, as a woman, like satisfaction or like it becomes, yes. I think, and I think you probably experienced this too. Like as, as a woman, it's like a performance, right? You're literally being watched, you're being watched, yeah. right? You're, you're being watched. You have your eyes closed. You have to say the right, wait, right. You know, moan at the right time and do this, mm-hmm. do that. It's just, you literally have such lack of of power it is so it's a solely an act right and it's an act for your partner and just the fact that like even like this always bothered me I'm like why do I have to close my eyes I want to look I want to you know what I mean um and and why do I feel uncomfortable if someone's going down on me I don't Mm. by the way but you know why is there this shame around that but and I was always really fascinated with it, fascinated with the way as like women were taught to have sex and how it's very, it very much is just about your, your partner, what you're pleasing your partner. The amount of times Hugo, I have had, I have gone down on someone and they have not reciprocated is insane. When has that happened? The other way around. Where do you, uh, no. well, obviously you can't comment and that's fine. I don't but, know. I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm like, like literally that is like guys. I mean, it depends on the power imbalance. I, I think in like gay shit, but like yes, I, I, that what what you say does not surprise me. Yeah, but it makes me sad. 
Oh, of course. It's 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 just something, and that's why I'm I'm so vocal about it, and I'm so vocal right. also too about like my kinks and my fetishes with my friends because I'm like, yo, if you guys want to do X, Y, and Z, you should do it. You know, mm-hmm. like you want to get a whip, great. You know, you wanna you wanna do some role play, do it. It's fabulous. Enjoy it. Don't don't feel shame around it. Get a vibrator. You know, um, get five. Get five, please. Um, and you, you and I've literally had girlfriends that have been like, oh, I don't want to get a vibrator because I'm afraid I'm going to like it better than sex. And I'm like, okay, so st- you should still get a vibrator. That does, that's not a reason not to get a vibrator. And they're like, yeah. mm, I don't know. I'm like, what? That's because you're afraid. No, Mm-mm. it's an excuse. But yeah, just the way that we're taught, I, it, it just, it, fa- it fascinates me. It still fascinates me. Like, the, the way that even I'm in my obviously mid 20s, which is ugh, wild. Oh, my God, I'm so old. And still so many, so many women that I talk to aren't having, you know, aren't having enjoyable sex. Yeah. And it's I, like, mm. disappoint, disappointing to me. Sad. One day mm. I want to be a, like a very open sexual advocate to all these different things. You know, I just yeah. I, I, I it, it, oh, it just bothers me anyways rambling yeah no no no. i not not at all i i actually the, the rambling is is why i do this podcast um but uh what i what i was gonna say is i, I really feel the performance thing um yeah. and i think that you're it's it's so easy to look at uh, at porn and think you know this is how the man is supposed to act this is how he's yeah. supposed to sound yeah. and this is how the woman is supposed to act and this is how the woman is supposed to sound and mm-hmm. then it, it, it's so interesting because um i've seen sort of extremes of this in the gay community because a big yes. part of our lives is already a performance that yeah. sex and even broaching the co- i mean the the topic of sex i mean it before it used to be a, uh, a crime right oh and so you had yeah. to act a certain way just up until like the actual moment everything else was a performance um and 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 i i think sex is still a performance in many ways and like the like the top acts a certain way and has to have like a certain tone of voice right yeah so guys go to speech therapy because they want to sound more like the porn stars they watch i mean well i i i can see that that's insane that's but, but the, insane. the worst part delaney the porn stars are straight Oh, I also know that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like, have you been to the? No, obviously you're not. You haven't been here during when there wasn't a pandemic. I was going to say there's a really awesome gay bar called the Abbey. Um, yeah. You know, there's dancers there, like male dancers that mm-hmm. are like strippers. They're all straight. Like, it's it's the funniest thing to me. I'll go to the Abbey with my my gay friends, and the fucking strippers, because my language, are hitting on me because they're straight. <laughs> That's actually And they're hilarious. like taking their clothes off for these men. And they're like, hey, honey, what you doing later? You want to grab a drink? And I'm like, what is going on? I was so shocked the first time that happened. And um, you're like, I'm wearing more clothes than you are. <laughs> lip, yeah. I'm like, honey, your, your, your G-string is stuffed full of tens and ones. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, I mean, I know you can afford it. <laughs> That's really I mean, fucking funny. Cash, but yeah. Um, we're also in a city which is extremely fake. You know, every, everyone is acting here. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I, I was there for five days. I really cannot comment, but, um, yeah. yeah. You also you were here me. during a pandemic. You I, know, that is also something I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
what what else was going to say? Um, oh, yeah, I was saying, like, once you can get through that performance, though, yeah, I think is where that, like, terrific sex is. Yeah. Um, and where, like, that sort of, like, radiating self-acceptance can be found. Absolutely. Um, and I think it was coming to terms with these kinks I have, like, uh, like age play, like role playing, mm-hmm. uh, bondage, like Stop. some BDSM, Love. like extreme Love. butt stuff, right? Like <laughs> these are things that might deter people and definitely deterred me in the past and things I was shameful about and couldn't talk to people about and wanted to hide all evidence of, you know, like meticulously yeah. clearing my search history and whatnot, right? Oh, God. But, like it wasn't anybody else. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure it wasn't anybody else, but like, it, it wasn't like any immediate click, I guess. It was mm-hmm. just sort of, I realized like, I don't have to hide this anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And once I stopped, I don't know, that it really enabled my art too, you know? And, 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 and that's like how I know now they are so interrelated. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so proud of you because it takes, it usually takes people a very, very long time to be comfortable with their sexuality and and like you said, it, it it is absolutely interrelated to so many parts of our life, especially as artists. Yeah. Especially as artists, like so much of my of my work has come from a lot of my sexual experiences and being open to it. And I just when I feel like this part of my life is like fulfilled and I'm happy, you know, it allows me to be more creative and not be shamed in like maybe taking a picture that's a bit, you know, more graphic or whatever. Even like my personal Instagram isn't even that bad at all. Like I don't have qualms with doing like half nudes or whatever. And it's, it's a balance. Of course, I am a business owner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that. Of course. But it is so much about, it is so much p- part of my identity. And once I embraced that and felt comfortable, I just felt like I stepped into my own. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can stop hiding it. I can stop. Like there was one relationship that I was in. And I know where we should wrap this up soon, but there right. was one relationship that I was in where I really, really liked him. Oh my God. I was head over heels in love with this man. <laughs> and, um, I figured out very early on this man had like a Madonna whore complex. Right. And, oh yeah and so I waited like a month and a half to sleep with him and I because I was like oh he literally is like the Madonna and the, obviously I'm sure you know the Madonna whore complex yes or no yeah you explain it to me do you want to explain it yes. for the in the for sure, the viewers yes. into the viewers yes it's very it's a very common complex but basically men will view um women in two categories the Madonna like the Virgin Mary someone that mm-hmm. you want to marry and have babies with and is pure and perfect literally the virgin who got pregnant without having sex and then there's the whore you know that's that's someone that you go home with that's you know the person you have fun with that you do all the naughty nasty things that you're you secretly desire but not girlfriend material not girlfriend material this woman is absolutely not girlfriend material Mm -hmm. um in this in this in the eyes of this person right um and so i'd figured out very early on that this man had that and i was like oof i can't sleep with him and if you haven't heard from this podcast, I really enjoy sex. I like sleeping with people. So I waited a while. I waited a really long time, about a month and a half for, for me, which was a long time. Yeah. And finally had sex with them. Was great. It was, it was nice. It was fabulous. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. We did it. He likes me. We're dating. I did it. You know? Right. This man, whatever. 
And then I started to slowly introduce some of my my kinks into the bedroom. I would slowly start to bring a certain toy in or bring a this mm-hmm. or mention this. And he just shut down, shut down. Oh. He, he laughed at me. He was very uncomfortable with it. And I, in those moments, I realized, huh, you know, I pretended to be something that I'm not. And now I'm with this man who, I'll bet he's a fabulous, he's amazing. And I I do love him still very much. He's great. He's incredible. But he doesn't actually know who I am. And Mm -hmm. I've created this image and I'm not, that's, this isn't me, you know, this doesn't feel good. And like, granted, I could have just lived my life and had normal sex with him and, you know, would have been fine. Uh, But I was so like, well, I know I like this. Why? Why, why not enjoy it, you know? And that was one of the deciding factors of me, you know, ending the relationship. I also at the same time happened to meet a man who was in an open marriage and was so like, you need to explore this. You need to do this, this, this. He was just absolutely wonderful. Right. Just a fabulous, a fabulous, fabulous man. And we're still close friends. And like he, he, you know, it just, he was like Delaney, explore your sexuality, explore this try this and I was like there's a here's one man who I'm with who's shaming me for this you know and something that I like and here's another one who is supporting me and is like yes you've had sex with tons of dudes let's go we love it you know right and and like applauding me was like you get after it girl and uh the other one who doesn't even want to hear about it doesn't want to know doesn't want to see anything doesn't want to you know talk about possibly doing x y and z Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I was like oh And the second I severed that and I really came into my sexuality, I was just, and I was like, I'm not going to pretend to be someone that I'm not anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to mold myself for someone else, a partner or friends or anyone. I'm just going to be in my true sexual power. And that has, it's just, it's changed my life, you know, absolutely changed my life. Yeah. Um, just the most inspiring shit right there and i i what what i told you what i told you before we started was like i think hearing it from someone that had achieved that who had found harmony with both their like professional and sexual and and also their personal lives in that way like it you you let the boxes explode and just let the contents you know mix up and it was just incredible um and i think it was hearing that kind of story which was which which allowed me to stop uh camming which was a i think potentially like harmful uh Mm -hmm. habit i suppose i picked up Um, (laughs) well it's fun oh it's super fun fun absolutely until it's like until it's not until it's not exactly yeah and i think i it, it fit in really well with like the complexes I had about like just always saying yes to people and just being a people pleaser. <laughs> and I was like, I can make all of these people happy. Like I can help all of these people. Like I can make them yeah. feel better. Like, let me do it. Right. You know, who cares yeah. if I make some money in the process, but yeah, not only did that complicate things like running up against like my family and like my own complex, but it was taking time away from everything else I wanted to do. And it became a priority when it shouldn't have. So Absolutely. I, I think it's so easy because what feels right isn't necessarily the truth. But I think if, if you inquire into that feeling, you will find all of the answers you need. Oh, 
That is so beautiful, Hugo. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I'm so happy that uh, I just, the fact that I had an impact on you is like really awesome. And I, that's really cool. I'm really happy that you, but you came to that yourself, you know? Yeah. So uh, it takes a lot of self-awareness, which you have. Um, most people wouldn't do that. So it was just, again, incredible talking with you when you were here. And like, I felt so many parallels with you and with me, like looking at a little baby Delaney (laughs) in so many ways. I loved it. Um, and I'm really proud of you and what you've achieved and it's really showing in your art. So me too. I honestly, I, I think I was, I was so nervous, um, when I was showing you my pictures for the first time, because I was like, like like she gets it sorry text million texts that's all right um Um, no don't don't be nervous first of all you shouldn't make sure it's great (laughs) but um i just it was like again like a little parallel which was really cool right well i'm 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 so so glad we got to talk today it very much made my weekend (gasps) me too and thank you for having me and like listening to it and allowing me like a space to talk openly about this because i just Again, something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. I hope to be more involved in stuff like this in the future. For sure. Um, yeah. I'm sure the viewers, or I'm sorry, listeners will love it. I, I forget. Podcasting <laughs> is not a visual medium. <laughs> Thank God. They don't want to see me right now. Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, Delaney. Thank you so much again. Okay. Yeah, of course. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> for us today listeners this has been another episode of the depths podcast created and produced by hugo solomon with support from anchor if you'd like to check out more of the podcast please subscribe or look through the archive got some great stuff in there and if you'd like to submit or support the show, uh, the links are below to do that as well. So, you know, I'm going to try to do this more often, whenever it makes sense. But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for those of you that have stuck around. My creative endeavors are sporadic and intense and bright and shiny and They carry on for as long as I have the means to do them. But this one in particular has felt like an extra step in vulnerability. And I revel in that. So, for what it's worth, thanks for reveling with me. Okay. Until next time, guys. And I'll see you soon. a hollow. I need to fill it with a draft of all the words I have to say. And with a quiet whisper, I send a curse upon the day that never